0: Welcome to the new day, my fellow thinkers. I'm coming to you from sweet, sultry, smelly Buffalo, New York. I'm your host, Logan Eldine Misseldine, and welcome to this week's Pot of Thoughts. So, with this week, uh, this is another another adventure in the woods story, another telling of another arduous journey in, in the backcountry of, of my of my past. Um, before I get into that, I just... I you know, just wanted to kind of just talk out loud and just talk about my week. What's been going on? I have just been been working a lot. I uh, I work a blue collar job. I'm I'm second shift, and which which means that I work till midnight every night. Um, for those who don't know what second shift means, but uh, this week I was doing a little bit in betweens or been having some machine malfunctions, so we've been having smaller hours. And yesterday was the first day I worked up first shift, aka leaving at like four o'clock in the afternoon. In a long time, and I was super exhausted. But it's always so nice to come home when the sun's around, you know. Especially during the winter time, it's where you, you know, I used to like leave, you know, leave my house when the sun was down and then come home when the sun was down and never even saw the sun. And it's, and then there's something to be said about, you know, waking up and seeing the sun and then, you know, being home and being at rest or at least, uh, you know, being somewhere outside of your immediate responsibilities when the sun goes down, especially day to day. There's just always some about being around around uh, positive scenarios when uh, during during the normal circadian rhythm and it, there's it's something wired in us. I can totally see how some of the people I work with are just so begrudged and dragged out emotionally and uh, energetically. But yeah, no other than that, but I yeah, I've got this Friday off. I got Saturday off. I've got Sunday off. So it's all nice nice three day weekend that don't have to. <laughs> have to pay for so it, it's 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 good it's 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 a good time especially when i get to home, stay home reconnect reconnect with myself obviously record this play some play some play some video games get some aggressions out you know eat some dinner gonna get some gonna get some freebie subs tonight we we won some subs from a, a little little coupon contest oh i'm so excited so excited um but yeah, other than that, uh not nothing too big. I know it's not too big of a holiday weekend or anything, but it feels like it to me. Uh that's what's going on with my week. Um but this week with this podcast, uh this so I'm gonna sit here and set the scene. Um Well actually before that I do have an announcement. I'm sorry everybody, I'm all over the place. I do have an announcement. I personally would love to hear your stories. I I wanna know what you guys have done outdoors. I wanna know what you've done. Uh, adventure wise it could be in the city, it could be outside the city, it could be outside the country. I really wanna hear some stories i, I wanna and maybe if you guys are comfortable with and you can let me know this i I could share them I could share some short instances and something that's cool that you've done, and I can do that on instagram and you can I can do it on Facebook. I can do it here on the podcast and give me shout outs i'd love to hear stories i I'm a, such a storyteller i'm gonna share some some even campfire stories you can tell to you know your kids you go camping this summer. Something like that. I'm, I'm gonna start doing that. But I, I love stories. I love outdoor stories. I love adventure stories. It doesn't matter if they're outdoor or not. I, I I'm much more of an outdoor person, so most of my stories are gonna be from the outdoors. But I, I really do want to hear you guys' stories. If you're listening to this, I, I, I would love if you send something in. I would love to uh, share those with people or just have them shared with me. I would love to hear people's adventures. I, I, I crave it. I, I, it's, it's one of my favorite things to do. And I, I'd love to reach out to more people and. And i have had different experiences from me or from people that are in my area. I would I would really enjoy that if you guys are totally down with that. That's um, enough of my pity plea for attention there. Uh, so setting the scene. Okay, so uh, as I've stated before, I used to live in Utah. I moved when I was 13. This story is when I was 12 years old. So like the year or, yeah, the year, the summer before I moved out. Um, or maybe... No, yeah, it would have to be that one. I, I was just—I was so many things going on in my head by now. But no, it, it was definitely the year before I moved out to New York. It was one of the last adventures I had in the mountains, um, at least the big ones. Um, and the thing about out west, especially for anybody who isn't out west right now or um, listening to this or has never been, uh, there the the ge- geography and the topography is just so starkly different from the east. I and mean, this is pretty obvious, but it's so just amazingly beautiful and the altitude and these mountains i grew up being enthralled with the mountains and the way that they looked and especially the rocky mountains which are ironically so rocky uh outcroppings and all the crevices and valleys and the mountain peaks you could see i used to live right in the in the valley um of i'm not sure which valley it is like i couldn't tell you i lived in a town called brigham city which was an hour from salt lake city and uh, it was in a in one of the valleys. and I don't remember growing up and being told that you could never be afraid of a uh, tornado because he, there's no way it could possibly happen. So I still think that way, even even when there are tornadoes warnings here in Buffalo sometimes. But I uh, remember that on the west west side, you could see mountains far in the distance. Not so far, but you could see them pretty well. You know, they were far up um, in, in the east ones on the east side of everything. They were right there all the time. No matter where you were in town, you could see the mountains, and my grandparents lived right at the base of them, like a five-minute walk. And you could walk straight up the mountain, and all sorts of adventure you could have, small here and there. But did you um, tell them about the bacon, the bacon mountain, the, the mountain that looks mountain. like bacon? Oh yes, yes. <laughs> so sorry, that was, that was my wife, but she, no, um, I took her back for our honeymoon uh, because of how mountains are built and. The, the formation of them, the pushing up the earth's crust. You, you, like if anybody has a basic understanding of ge- uh, geography, that you can see literally into the layers of mountain. And my wife exclaimed that it looked just like bacon, just coming kind of crackling up and down. And it's, it's really cute of her to say that. So that that's what I grew up on and I'm looking around at. Um, but uh, with, with Utah, uh, this is something that I've been told is a three M's of Utah, Mormons, Mexicans, and meth. But if you're p c or you' in the story it's Mormons Mexicans and mountains there's so those are three m's of it um with the meth part there were literally three meth labs I remember I grew up around that got shut down periodically um and there was a there was a, there was a mobile one that went around for a while I just remember that being a thing especially it was uh especially when you're seeing your neighbor paint their cellar windows pitch black there's something going on there um <laughs> uh So that's that's you know, where I grew up. But I remember one time my friend, who ironically was also named Brigham, we we went from his house. We walked straight up the mountain to a waterfall that was there. It was a, it was a dinky little thing, but there were there were several of them, and there was so much to explore in these mountains. And there was a trail to this to this. Because most of the time you just be walking on your own. I don't know if it was private property or not, but we didn't really care. uh But we we were trying to uh, climb it up with uh with an awl and a hammer. We were trying to be ice climbers, and that didn't work out too well. So we just kept to climbing up higher and higher, and we hit to the top of the waterfall in and the in and the, and the pool that was up there and the little creek that was coming through. Somebody had illegally caught a muskrat in a trap. Uh, we were pretty sure about that, and they forgot about it, so it was this nasty, foul-smelling thing. And so we were all kind of buzzed off that, poking at it and stuff. And then we turned around, and we were walking across... Uh, we were walking across at the top of it, and we, and this patch of snow, and just perfectly in the middle of it was this paw print, and it was this giant puma print, like, a, of a cougar, a mountain lion, and we were so freaked out, because, I mean, to to our young eyes, it looked so fresh, we just ran straight down the mountain, like, we can't be here, this is dangerous, oh no, because there are mountain lions out there, and obviously, they're they're pretty close, but they never really, they never really harmed too much, but it was just so amazing to have that, like, encounter of danger, and we were we were so enthralled with that. Um and so that's that's kind of what I grew up with and so when I was 12 my dad was the scoutmaster of our troop and we planned out this 3-day backpacking trip into a high and our destination was a high altitude lake and so um that's that was the goal that we had that's what we were looking for and so and we were getting ready and I was so excited it was the first considered high adventure trip I'd ever taken. I had been camping before and I had done so much camping and then a little bit of hiking here and there, but like nothing like this arduous. So, sorry if this sounded interrupted. I just had to uh, ensure that I didn't lose all my progress here. But, so with this trip, uh, we, and this is being one of the very first big old uh, adventures where I really needed to, meticulously go through my equipment obviously my dad helped me a lot because i was young and not very solid of solid mind as any 12 year old would be so i remember i remember we made it a big effort to packing as little as possible but as necessarily as possible and so and as light as possible and so with with backpacking anybody who's unfamiliar with it the idea is that you carry everything that you need on your back obviously traversing through some period of time but also making it as lightweight as possible because the more weight you have on your back, obviously the more in pain you'll be in the, in the harder going you'll be. So the lighter you can do it while keeping everything necessary and maybe just a minimal amount of comfort is ideal. And so I feel like in, in that trip, I really did do this personally really well because of the way we we're working with my dad and we were working with as a troop about it. And we were very teamwork through it. We, and it was a, for whatever reason, I just, rem, I, I don't really remember a lot of details, about much of this because it was such a there was so much going on with it and so i just kind of remember the, the biggest points of this but i do remember uh a lot of the big events but i remember being so like into the process especially because i've never like because we had camping yeah we we had heavy packs and we we, we did pretty comfortably so we had a lot of food had a lot of things never really did anything like dehydrated meals too much or or uh like uh smaller meals with like like packaged like packaged food, processed food, but keeping it as and healthy as possible, so I remember making a huge effort of getting tuna fish and chicken in the and the aluminum bags and having crackers and and being able to carry them safely so and getting it crushed, and then oatmeal and planning out these meticulous little detailed lists and put and learn i it's really where I learned how to pack a pack as tightly as possible or just beginning to learn how to still and how to lash things on effectively. And I remember I had a lot of creative uh, freedom with it. And if something obviously wasn't working, obviously my dad would step in or somebody else would help, help me out. But I remember being very independent on that and very responsible for myself, which is a really good thing. Um, but I remember that, that first day I had my backpack filled. It was like the 1970s. External frame. I still love external frames. I am such an old soul when it comes to equipment. Like I don't believe that I, I I don't ever want to get an internal frame. Maybe until I actually get one and learn my ways. But I love external frame. I love having able able to have everything lashed on the outside and having that extra openness, not necessarily the confines of an internal frame pack where you have to smash everything inside of it. Whereas with an external frame, you can kind of just lash to the outside of it, and if you need to cover it, you can cover the tarp if you needed to, or get wet, or just suck it up i i love i love the look of them and everything and so well if anybody who doesn't know anything about backpacking i'll elaborate a little bit so there's two different types of backpacks you're gonna have they both have a waist cinch so it takes the weight off your shoulders and it puts it into your into your body more and keeps it closer to your body but the the traditionally it's an external frame it's those typical where you think of like the swedish people walking up the alps where you can literally see the metal frame on the outside whereas nowadays they have like a rigid system, but it's internally. So it's more like a real backpack or a more modern backpack and both have pros and cons. I, the external frames are no longer as popular. I'm sure there's good reason for that. Personally, I I like them. Um, but, and, and so you can look up pros and cons about that. I'm not going to talk about this whole podcast about that. I could, I could go into deeper, deeper detail, but that's not about this one's about, but uh, I remember, it being really hard I'd, I'd gotten new boots too and so i had broken them in already and i was ready to go and i remember th- that i was like i was always been mentally tough and like had always tried to strive as best but this one was the f- one of the first big tests of mental toughness i'd ever had so i remember the first day being in terrible shape mentally and just like aggravated but super excited to get there um i re- and i don't remember too much there were some conversations we had and and we had some fun, and I, I I don't remember, but somebody had brought their dogs, and I remember I uh, through somebody else, I remember playing with them, and and we were we were traversing through, and we were going up. It was very steep, and in in the mountains, and it's, it's kind of deserty. It's not very timber filled, especially where we're at, especially on the lower end of the the mountain. So it was hot, it was muggy, it was the middle of July, as I remember. So I remember the first break, like the first real break we took for that day, we. We had we had just come up and we were walking into timber. So I remember, I remember walking up the trail and it had gotten really rugged through weathering. It was very eroded, so there was roots pulling. I remember that. I remember looking up at the pine trees above me, and I remember just wanting to get in that shade so bad. I remember, you know, people complaining, but I remember being tough as as I could and not trying to complain as much. And I remember just sitting in that pine grove. It was really a grove. It wasn't even like just timber because. It was literally just one small section of the trail. And I remember just looking at the pine needles, seeing the chipmunks running around and feeling that, that heat, but also feeling cool in the shade and just feeling so comfortable at ease laying against my pack and and drinking water and keeping the food for the end. And I remember they were there that up up ahead was a a spring. That was our next objective, was to get to a mountain spring. And for anybody who doesn't know uh, there, there is issues with drinking water in the wild, and especially in the backcountry, because you know you could get giardia, you could get all sorts of things, especially if animals, animals have been wallowing up ahead, or if there's um, like factories up ahead, or you know st- still sending water. But uh, it's common kind of belief that if you take water that's coming straight from the mountain, rushing, clear, clean water, it's you don't need to filter it or do anything to it. And I've always, I've never gotten sick off of water i have drinking outside, filtered or unfiltered um because i've always followed this rule and i remember that was our goal next that's what we were going to do next and i remember um it was literally like an archway in these pine trees and this is kind of where i've fallen in love with 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 evergreen trees of any kind especially forests because it it, it's so they're to me they're just so pretty and gorgeous and there's just something energetically that i can connect to in there uh they're not the most wildlife rich all the time and there's plenty of birds and insects and stuff but like if you walk into more like other types of forests it'll be more dense but i I love seeing like seeing out far but also not because there's so many trees but like seeing clearly between them because all the all of the 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 growth is up in the canopy so it has it has this very elongating feeling to it And, and i i love 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 that i remember that's where i really started learning about it and so i remember now walking up ahead and then hitting up like a a huge left turn and just seeing this whole mountainscape like you think like the hills are alive with the sound of the music like it's essentially was like that there was these beautiful like prairie and and meadow and and the mountains were they like almost looked purple and they were so gorgeous and just i remember it was just so picturesque and like just. I remember these memories are just like photographs. I never, like, it was almost like I never experienced it. I just saw a photograph and it just, they were just so towering. And I could, you could see the shape where like they, they themselves were curving left and coming around. Right. And, and just, there was always something against uh, something, um, ahead against the, uh, the curve. Like, you just didn't know what was coming, coming up ahead of us. And it was just this whole sense of mystery and wonder. And, and I remember hitting up the, that Creek and, or that that stream, that spring, that that cool mountain spring, and so relaxing and so refreshing, and we just dipped in, and you know, and we were just chittering and chattering about how you know if somebody fell off the side of a cliff or this and that, and we were just having a really good time. And I remember, and then uh, most of this trip, so there is a there is a term called it's, it's it's a thing called a switchback. So it's a trail or a road that it's going straight up a mountain, but you obviously can't go straight up in a straight line, like a hill, like you, you're not going to get anywhere fast. It's going to put so much strain on your body, on your car, on your bike, on your longboard, anything. So a switchback, essentially it cuts against the like against the side angling up, but then it curves around into the mountain a little bit or just curves around. And that's how you get up. You you go left, you zigzag all the way up to the top of the mountain or to the up against a very steep feature of the trail. And so I remember this is the first place I really experienced a lot of switchbacks. So I remember just going up and up and up and up and up and up and then curving left and curving around the center of a valley and going up and down and zigzagging again. And I remember there were so many switchbacks this entire trip and it was (laughs) almost frustrating because you're like, oh, I got up around this curve and it's like, oh, there's another one. There's another one. There's another one. There's another one. And it, it was so much fun. And I remember that the, that first night, our first campsite. It was off the trail, but only because there was an open meadow that looked all right. And there must've been a campsite because it was middle of uh, the the summer for whatever reason that there was still like kind of a raging river in between it. So we literally had to wade across this. We had, it was the typical throwing packs, catching kids, uh, wading through catching dogs. And we set up camp for that night. And it was just such a beautiful experience. And it, it was such an open sky that night. We were so deep in the mountains. There was, such a starscape and it was just literally a map and the, of of the of the sky we could just see and I remember we were we we eaten some meals and we had set up camp and uh I just remember just laying down up against the log and we we told some we told some scary stories we told some good stories and I remember just watching the the, the stars twinkle and then and then uh we we were getting rowdy and it was almost time for bed but my dad he, he had this... Uh, we, we, we did this thing, which I call is, is uh, <laughs> I call it the... Um, what which we call it? I call it circle piss. a Piss a circle. So to put out a fire, uh, obviously you do water, you do this and that. You know, you can put dirt over it, but we decided since we had the full trip around the fire that we were all going to circle around the fire and we were each going to take turns and one at a time, so no one was looking at each other's uh privates. We would each pee on the fire until it went out and it was the nastiest experience I had on that entire trip. It was, it was acrid smoke and it was just so dense and thick and fissing and hizzling. And you smelled the urine coming out from the wood. And just oh, I was so just putrid, but we died laughing the whole entire time, especially after like the third piss when the smoke really built, developed, like it smoked more than normal. I don't know why, but it just, it just was just this huge column of plume of smoke it was it was uh, it was it was crazy, but I remember that next morning we got up and we got a late start that day, just because we were just all tired and we just were setting up camp and some kids were complaining. I complained a little bit, but we were we were just getting along way late. But I remember that lunch and, and sitting in that little bit of meadow, we just me and my dad were propped up against. So we were talking with one another just about the trip, how I was feeling, how he was feeling, what was going on. I remember snacking on this tuna and crackers, and I just remember that that meal just felt so fulfilling like the carbs and the protein i could just feel it like trickling into my system and i just and i didn't like normally i would just finish it and crush it but i remember i got i got like i had to save it but i was full for that period of time and i just remember that being like really satisfying because that was when we first broke out into the tuna and i remember that being such a su- such a like a like a thing like an aspect of it like that's like a tradition like, this is what you do when you're on this camping trip so we um we continued on And we hauled up this mountain and we're passing trees. We were passing openness. And I remember we literally were, we could see where it went up into the, the, the lake, or at least the, um, the, um, like the, the last ascent into the mountain. But I remember us being so far on the opposite side of the entire mountain or valley and seeing the switchbacks and seeing the straight, um, straight path that curved you could literally watch it how it curved around the mountain up ahead and so it was just, just a long you could see the destination but it was right there and the whole entire time we're watching that destination and i remember that we didn't even realize that we were halfway up the last ascent until somebody up ahead was like we're here and literally without without any hesitation without any ability to stop us we literally dropped our packs and we hauled ass up to this lake and it was gorgeous the leaders were carrying our backpacks up and they were grumbling mumbling but we were just having the time of our lives. it was it was literally like this crystal clear open it was a lake it was it was uh it was a small lake but it was so crystal clear i don't know how deep it was but it could not have been very deep um i was very short but it was one of those where it looked like it was shallow but it could be very deep it was just so astounding and it was in this perfect it was nestled in this me the mountain right at the top, the top of the mountain was only however many hundred yards or hundred feet from the top where we were at. Uh, it was a very low mountain. Um, compared to what it could have been, but it was just, there was just a meadow to the left and there was trees and it was just a small little valley with this lake in the middle of it. And up on against the side of the mountain, there was still snow. There was still this, this, this swatch of snow. You know, it was just perfect. It was crunchy and hard, but we got up in there and, and we were, we just stripped down, and we got in this lake, and we were playing around, we found that there was these salamanders, like they were these big gray, the ones that have those uh, gills on the side of them, like the ones that start with the X, but it wasn't those, because they weren't pink, they were just gray, and they were wild, and they were they were everywhere in the water, they didn't leave the water or anything, they were just gallivanting in there, and I got a little upset, because this one kid was catching them, and then and then they warned us not to catch him anymore, like come help us out and stuff. Or he told me, like, get out of the way, because he was he knew how to catch him and I was gonna try, but he got in my way and I was mumbling and grumbling, and he could it was so echoey he could hear me when everything I was saying, and I was just being a little brat. But we um we just were just laying lounging in the sun. We were just enjoying our time. We took, they had just logs, just deadfall that were there, and they were this perfect size and shape to make canoes out of. Like we just literally pushed in the water. I don't know whether it was because so The altitude was so high or that the lake was so just small or anything, but these these logs just or the logs were so dry or so devoid of anything inside of them, so sun bleached that they they floated perfectly. Like no matter how happy you were, we could still float on them and we're just canoeing up and down on these logs and we're just having this huge adventure and we um catching some and watching them and just feeling this cool water. It was just such a nice break from all of that from all this stress and from the journey and we you know chasing each other and uh we uh we ended up walking up to the the the, the side of that uh cliff that had the the snow and we sledded down on it and someone almost broke their tailbone someone almost broke their leg it was super dangerous like i don't know why we were allowed to do it it was super dangerous There was all these huge boulders that were falling around us and and we were pushing things down, almost making landslides. But it was so much fun. It was just because it was the middle of July and there was still snow, and, and it was so hot. But like the cool coolness of the of the snow it was such a weird feeling because you got that numb feeling in your hands. But it was the middle of July and I had no way of knowing why I, I, I was getting frostbite in the middle of middle of summer. But we uh, we ended up having neighbors. Uh, a, a man and his daughter were having a a a, a, a backpacking journey themselves and they were enjoying themselves and we talked to them and you know they were we thought we were going to be alone we we're kind of disappointed but we were having a ton of fun just swimming and diving and and just relaxing in the sun and um i remember uh waking up that morning and it was uh the first morning that we busted out uh, the oatmeal on our little camp stove, and we were boiling it and i just remember we we're sitting back and we were all just just because it was so cold because it was so behind the mountain we were all bundled up and we already packed up everything and and we were eating, and I remember my uh, the assistant scoutmaster was talking about how the oatmeal is the breakfast of kings. And I remember that was just so important to me. I I just felt so I felt like a king eating it, and it just filled and just it hit the spot perfectly, it just reenergized me for the day. And we um oh crap! I'm sorry, everybody. I just lost my train of thought. We um we 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 got up and we and after we'd eaten, we'd packed everything up and we we let the uh, we let the father and daughter go ahead of us. So we, were, we knew we were going to be slower. And, you know, we, you know, said hello. And we said, you know, had good luck, have a good trip. And I just remember feeling so sad that we couldn't spend another day out in this lake. It was just so picturesque. and It was so perfect. And it was just such a wonderful adventure and goal. And now that all we had to do was go back, go down the other side of the mountain, the parking lot where, you know, we're waiting for home. And I just remember just being dreading. That was the worst part of the entire trip was going back home. But, I remember going up and over some things. I remember looking down and seeing, um, I believe it was the town Ogden. I I believe we saw Ogden from this, this, it was this narrow, we could see between the mountains into the valley. You could see where they were at. And I I just remember we were just talking, speculating if somebody fell down, if somebody got hurt, what it would take to get over there and talking about what animals we'd encounter before we could get there. And we, um, you know, we we continue to traverse and I think everybody was super grumpy, but, and then it led into us where we were we, were, we went to the lat. it was the last point where we were going up the mountain still, and we, we it was literally this saddle, it was just this perfect saddle of where the trail and the mountain met, and we were going to descend down into into the valley to get back home and there was snow at this part of it was just perfect snow, literally sitting in like a saddle on on this top of this trail, and I remember we were just, we were looking around and we saw all this pink stuff. We saw all this pink stuff in the snow, and, and it was just all over the place. And his assistant scoutmaster sat us all down, and he said, "Okay, hey, this, he told us that this is an algae. There's an algae that grows up this tall, and it grows in the snow, and it tastes exactly like watermelon. And so you guys got to go try it, and tell me if you really think it is. And so we ran and scrambled like crazy, and we scooped up this snow and this algae, or supposedly algae, and we ate it, and it literally did taste like watermelon, it was just this it was amazing for whatever reason. It tasted just like watermelon. We were telling the truth and we were eating it and it was, we were just engorging ourselves on it, and getting waterlogged, And it was just, it was so much fun. We had this relaxing break to this day. He stands by it. I talked to him when we were on our honeymoon. Cause we, cause we went out to my hometown to look at things and I met up with them. And to, th- to this day, he swears it's true, but I'm not exactly sure. I've never heard of it again. I've never heard anybody else talk about it again. I, I don't know of any sort of Kool-Aid mix that tastes just like watermelon, not that watermelon flavoring, but like actual watermelon. And maybe it was in our heads and we were just eating dirty ass snow, (laughs) which is probably the most realistic thing. But I remember we were just enthralled with it. So maybe in the next couple of years, I'll take my wife back and we'll see if it's still there and if it's real. But I remember just being so mystified by this, 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 this pink algae in the snow, this watermelon algae, i i'm i'm probably gonna google search and maybe i'll put in some show notes and see if it's a real thing i'll let you all know um and so at at that point we finally we, we concluded our descent into madness we were we just traversed down and i don't remember really getting home i don't remember getting home i don't remember i remember getting to the parking lot but i remember any part of the trail it seemed like it went by so much faster Sure, maybe if you asked me a couple years ago before all my other adventures, I would have remembered more, but as I remember there that was really the extent of it, and I remember just being so satisfied with myself and I felt so strong, and I was a skinny little kid. I I, I don't know how, I, I remember I specifically had I know I had a 40-pound pack in my back. I remember it was 40 pounds close to 50 almost at the beginning of the trip, and I remember that, you know, there was a little bit of worrying about some of the smaller kids, including me, that weren't going to make it just fine, but I remember that at 12 years old, I remember I kicked my own ass, I kicked ass on this trail, and so did everybody else around me, and it was it was really amazingly bonding for one, o- one another, and I remember just, I remember just truly, was one of the first experiences that just got me truly into, this, especially backcountry, not just scout camp, not just camping, not just anything like that, but just truly like this wild adventure, yeah, there's a trail, there's some man-made thing, the ability to see some m- men and people around but i remember it was just such an incredible experience um i uh and i mean, I just remember it was it was such just a formative experience for my um my childhood and it, it forever changed how i see the outdoors and saw how uh i fit into it i remember seeing myself and how how I myself could conquer an aspect of it. I could not conquer nature, the entire self with bugs and with all these other things. And the the actual ascent to the mountain. But I remember I was able to conquer myself through the mountain. And it was such, it was, it was the first experience that had ever taught me true mental toughness. And it's such an important thing in this day and age where everything is so easy, especially in an urban or suburban lifestyle where mental toughness is so hard to, to gain, especially with social media and especially with so many positive things you can see in social media that you can trick yourself into thinking that life is as good as it is or your life is as good as it can be and that you sh- and that you can be complacent and how getting likes and shares and feedback on, on just your, your personal site, on Instagram, every like is this huge dose of dopamine where it's so easy to come by, but it makes you so complacent and it, it poisons the your mental health. Not how mental health, I'm sorry, but poisons your mental toughness. And I, I'm I'm susceptible to it too. I'm not as mentally tough as I once was, but I remember just that it's where I learned how to strive towards it. And i I think that, that there's so many things that we can do in this life. And there's a lot of people that have great mental toughness in an urban situation, especially with working out or with craft and learning on a craft, learning art and working on your writing craft or or getting a job and perse- persevering, but I believe that we're at a really hard time for mental toughness in this day and age, where this connectivity to the internet can make things so easy and so complacent. Where it's it's meant to enable us and empower us to use our mental toughness and use our voraciousness to dive into subjects and learn as much as we can, and and we can be connected to things and grow businesses, grow concepts, grow ideas. But I I think that especially since this is the beginning, especially because this is the beginning of everything that there's so much squandering of it and that we've, we've taken into the easier aspects and that, yeah, we can just become Instagram models and on online and we can gain money and gain so much, so much net worth because we have, have one funny trick that we can do and that fit T will sponsor us for every post that we have with, with them in and and not there's anything wrong with sponsorship, but I think that we just, that's that's where our dream is now, you know. Where whereas you know, I remember growing up as a kid being like, you know, like I would love to be a movie star, you know, all that money, all that thing. But that there was still kind of a bit of work to be done through it. But now it just seems that we're so enabled into working. And I remember this trip as just being where I originally had gained my work ethic mentally. And I, I think that anybody out there, anybody listening to this, you can do that yourself too, and you don't have to go to this deep back country adventure or anything like that it doesn't have to be in nature i mean it was for me but i think you can find it anywhere and i really hope that we can as a society kind of step back from being so dependent on technology and being so dependent upon others and that we can really gain some more fortitude and that we can grow within ourselves and grow with one another and that we can use technology and use social media as as a as a complementary supplementary tool to our fortitude and to our drive, I th- I think that this world would be so much a better place if so many people would use things right, use use it what it's meant for and intended for. If if we could, if we could put as much effort in as we're capable of, I think that things would look a lot better in this life, this culture, politically, anything. I I think that. I think that uh, even if it is. Uh, pulling towards nature again and finding our p- place in the world and learning how to work through ourselves and in in with nature and and acknowledging our presence in it once again and and appreciating the life that we do have through it. If if that's the way, then I believe we should all get into it and, and dive into it. I don't believe everybody should do everything outdoors, like hiking or backpacking or hunting, or anything. But I think that at least something, even if it's bird watching, even if it's just taking a stroll in a slightly more wild part that i i think that that could lean to that could help the world i think that we need a more focus on our presence in nature i think we need more i think we need slightly more wild aspects in our suburban and urban lives i I think that's something that needs to happen i think that even through instagram and things like that that we can gain that i think that each one of us should be able to connect back to it even if we can't physically do it. I think we need to have that more. I think that that's something that's, I think that's what's missing in this, in this life is that this connectivity to nature has been lost through so much dependence upon technology. I think that it should, one another should be supplementary. I don't think we can shut off nature or shut off nature. I don't think we should shut off technology either. I think they should work together. And there's so many things and there's so many tools that do do that. There are so many people that do do that. But I think as a whole in society, I think we've become more Focused on the type of phone and the, what's in our pocket or what's on our laptop, and I think I think that's one of the issues that we have with with fortitude and with culture. But I mean, there's obviously a lot more issues and a lot more things. But I think if, if I think if we as a majority of people could dive back into that, I think we could I think we could pull up, and I I really believe that. And whether that happens or not, I'm not sure, but. I've seen so many times where other people have, including my wife have, I've exposed to them something a little more wild than, and a little bit more uh, in depth than they're used to. And it's changed them even just for the day, even if that's as small as it did for that whole day, that their whole life had been put into perspective. And so I hope that you guys enjoyed this story. Uh, this is a bit of a smaller podcast than I anticipated, but I I really hope that you guys enjoyed it and, as always, if you really did enjoy it, give me some feedback. I like it. Well, I'm going to say it again. I would love to hear some stories. I would love to see some pictures. I would love to, I'd love to share. I'd, I'd love to share with, with you on a p- more personal level and just likes or comments. I would, I would like to see things. So you can message me on Facebook. You can direct message me on Instagram. I'm going to set up an email. That's not my private email, but f- for this podcast specifically that you guys can message me on, um, you guys can leave comments as much as you'd like. I'd love to hear feedback as well, but I would love to hear more in-depth stories. Um, even if they're not adventures, I would love to hear stories. I'm a storyteller. Uh, that's that's kind of my thing. So with that, I'm going to close this out. I'm going to leave you to it. I'm going to leave this for you to listen to whenever you like. And as always, everybody, uh, be safe and do something noteworthy, even if it's only to yourself.